Chapter Number Two of Little Stories of Married Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Bray Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Little Stories of Married Life by Mary Stuart Cutting. A Good Dinner. the butcher ma'am mrs chauncey calendar put down her half-eaten mutton muffin with a gesture of despair as she looked at the tidy white-capped maid before her why does he always come at breakfast time as if it is possible to know then what one is going to want for the day i'm sure i can't think of a thing chauncey you might help me i get so tired planning the meals and it is very hard to order for a small family what would you like for dinner tonight roast peacock said mr calendar would you like a beefsteak his wife patiently ignored the last remark which as a stock answer to a stock question had even ceased to irritate her i shouldn't mind having it shouldn't mind having it i'm asking you if you want it i want anything that you do oh chauncey you'll drive me crazy mad some day i wish you'd express a preference it would make it so much easier for me would you like chicken i know that camdis has poultry on wednesday mr calendar's expression became suddenly tinged with melancholy although he was now metropolitan in appearance manner and habit his early existence had been spent upon a farm where the killing and eating up of chickens at certain periods of the year was an economic process compulsory upon the household a momentarily sickness and distaste of life seemed involved from the recollection as he answered i don't seem to care much for chicken you'll never do and i'm so fond of it well chops then would you like breaded chops we have those almost every night don't we returned mr calendar briskly under the impression that he was being agreeable when in doubt have chops oh yes i like them well enough when they're not raw in the middle like the last but get what you want yourself cynthia it really doesn't make any difference to me that's so like you why don't you tell me at the time when things are wrong instead of coming out with it like this afterwards why didn't you say the chops are raw mine were all right she regarded him with affectionate exasperation her wrath tempered by a guilty consciousness that there had been undue sameness in the meals lately if i were like some wives the butcher ma'am he's waiting interposed the maid apologetically tell him i'll come down to the village myself and give the order said mrs calendar with dignity i'll surprise you with a really good dinner tonight 
something out of the ordinary we'll have a dinner party for ourselves all right said mr calendar with amiable alacrity feeling relieved of all individual responsibility let's as the children say i'll bring out a bottle of wine and some flowers for you to carry out the idea he added with a magnificent cooperation in her plans that would have made up for all his previous shortcomings if he had not suddenly remarked as he was going out of the door by the way we may have company tonight but i'm not sure i nearly forgot to mention it chauncey a couple of englishmen over here to interview the firm nice fellows you'll like em they may give us a big order if things are satisfactory and we treat em right chauncey but he was gone for his train mrs calendar looked horrified and then laughed it was a way she had his unexpectedness was always a secret delight to her although she outwardly bemoaned it it gave her a gambler's interest in existence and also a pleasing sense of masculine masterfulness she was wont to thank heaven that she was married to a man at no time would mrs calendar have been adverse to the society of two nice men for dinner she decided at once to expect them permanently and accordingly took her cookery books in for consultation with the kitchen divinity an elderly competent woman newly installed whose look of aggrieved patience had been gained from a peripatetic experience of young and erratic housewives this being swooped a pile of dish-towels off in one arm from the back of a chair as mrs calendar drew it forward swooped a cluster of dishes from the table and with still another swoop wiped the white oilcloth cover clean enough for the books to be deposited on it she then stood her hands in front of her rigidly attentive to the words of fate there was however an innate joyness about young mrs calendar which bubbled forth at all times and in all places carrying preconceived opinions with it the countenance of the cook insensibly relaxed as mrs calendar beamingly said i'm going to have a good dinner tonight, catherine and i want you to help me yes ma'am for how many only four i've decided on some of the things i want you know how to make cream of celery soup yes ma'am and boiled salmon with white sauce you made the last very nicely and cucumbers dressed with oil and vinegar you'll have to order the oil ma'am as we're out as we're just out of it yes i will of course we'll need it for the mayonnaise also i'll have tomato salad and i wish you would make some cheese wafers to go with it like those we had when you came last week they were awfully good and i want just a few rhubarb tarts and a frozen chocolate pudding for dessert 
here's the receipt for that with whipped cream and you might make a small cake of any kind that's easy catherine what kind of meat is it to be ma'am spring lamb said mrs callender with all the solemnity which such a resolution demanded to buy real spring lamb in the suburbs in early april puts one on a level with a moneyed aristocracy spring lamb with mint sauce and fresh peas and new potatoes if i can get them she added reverently as a saving clause she blessed her lucky stars that it was not a friday when as every suburban dweller knows there are only a few wilted strands of green to be seen in the vegetable bins and nothing but cold round potatoes and onions and turnips are untemptingly offered for sale and oh catherine concluded mrs callender we'll have coffee of course and i wish you'd make some of those lovely little rolls of yours that is if you have time she generously conceded i'll put the bit of ironing i have on hand away until tomorrow said catherine with the resignation of necessity and you'll make out a list ma'am if you please of the things we do be needing i'll have to get at the cake and the rolls this morning there's not a thing in the house to-day to start on we've no eggs nor cheese nor cream nor chocolate and not enough butter and no rock salt for the freezing and there's no fruit either if you want that oh yes certainly it's well that you reminded me mrs callender beamed anew upon her help i'm going out to-day to luncheon so you and nelly will have all the time there is i'll go and see about the ordering at once as soon as i have given her directions about the table i want everything to look as pretty as possible mr callender is going to bring me some lovely flowers for the centre of it she concluded with a little flourish in the little rounds of a suburban town any incident is an event mrs callender felt that the day had become one of real importance she let her fancy play around the two englishmen and her good dinner and her own toilet until she was in a very pleasurable state of excitement and to be going out to luncheon besides the latter however was not a real function but only the usual concomitant of a french reading which she held every week with a friend still it was quite like having two invitations in one day it happened that another friend stopped in casually that morning to see mrs callender on her way home from marketing and from her she gained the pleasant knowledge that all the viands on which she had set her reckless fancy were really to be had that day even to the fresh peas whose pods might almost have contained small balls of gold so stupendous was the price asked for them but when she finally went upstairs to dress she found to her consternation that it was already half-past eleven and not a thing ordered yet 
every moment was now precious she concentrated all her attention and sitting down by her desk took up a sheet of blue paper and wrote down rapidly on it a list of all her wants one for the grocer and one for the butcher then fortune favoring her with the sight of little jack rand across the street on his bicycle she called him over and confided the list to his care and be sure that they both read the order carefully she said take it on to cadmus when o'reilly is through with it you will not need to tell them anything except that they are to send the things at once yes said jacky departing with swift revolving red legs and she saw the blue paper in his hands a strange reluctance seemed to hover over her she couldn't tell why as if it were somehow wrong to write lists on blue paper perhaps it was extravagant there was a load off her mind when jack returned to affirm the faithful performance of his errand before she started out for the luncheon they had all the things and they'll send them right up they promised she repeated his words with a glow of satisfaction there was no french after luncheon that day her friend had tickets for the private view of some pictures in town and persuaded mrs callender to accompany her under the pledge of taking an early train back as a matter of fact the six o'clock bells were ringing before mrs callender had started to walk home from the station feeling thoroughly guilty as she thought of her long defection from the affairs of the household on such a day though it was quite likely that chauncey's friends would not come the blue paper returned to her mind unpleasantly mysteriously she hastened into the kitchen to be confronted by a scene of spotless order a brilliant fire in the rains shedding a red glow over the hearth and the white apron cook sitting in front of it with her hands folded and a stony glare in her eyes how's the dinner getting on asked mrs callender nervously there ain't no dinner said the cook no dinner what do you mean catherine not the sign of a thing has come this whole blessed day ma'am and me a-waiting here with my ironing half done in the middle of the week not an egg nor a potato is there in the house even mrs callender stopped confounded the shops were all closed at that hour why i saw jack rand myself after he had given the order she exclaimed and then she knew like lightning her association with the sheet of blue writing paper was revealed to her on the other side of it was written the address of a newcomer who lived across the track at the other end of the village the marketing had gone there well i never heard of such a thing she commented blankly and as usual laughed it was but a brief ten minutes later that her husband was presenting his guests to her they had come she had been but hoping against hope that they would not cynthia 
I want to introduce Mr. Warburton and Mr. Kennard. I have persuaded them to dine with us tonight. It was awfully good of your husband to invite us, said Mr. Warburton, who was the elder, pleasant-faced and gray-haired, with the refined accent and accustomed manner of a gentleman. I hope we'll not inconvenience you, Mrs. Collander. No, I hope we're not inconveniencing you, murmured the other, who looked nineteen and was twenty-nine, who spoke from somewhere down in his throat and blushed with every word. Not in the least, said Mrs. Collander, immediately and intrepidly rising to the occasion. She was a staunchly hospitable little soul, and to have refused a welcome to the guest foisted on her would have been as impossible to her at any time as to the proverbial Arab. There was an inscrutable defiance in her eyes, however, when they met her husband's, which puzzled him uncomfortably. Mr. Nichols wished us all to dine at the Waldorf Astoria, he explained. Mr. Nichols was the senior partner of the firm, but I found accidentally that these gentlemen were extremely tired of living at hotels and longed for a little home-like dinner by way of variety. We have been so much in your big hotels, said Mr. Warburton apologetically, it makes one very dull after a time i think you can't imagine mrs callender our joy when mr callender so kindly offered to take us in it's so uncommonly jolly of you both to treat us in this way i remembered that you said we were to have a particularly good dinner tonight so i didn't telegraph you when i found out they could come said mr callender when the party had separated to dress and he and his wife were alone in their own room nichols is very anxious to have them pleased i told you that before i think they're looking at machines and if i take the london agency for us it will make a big difference why on earth did you look at me in that way downstairs is there anything wrong no nothing is wrong said his wife ironically except we haven't any dinner to speak of oh dear if you make me laugh i'll never be able to hook this gown no it isn't the least bit fight it's almost too loose in fact but i can't hook it when i laugh chauncey the order went wrong in some way this morning and the marketing never came at all just stand and take that in if you had only helped me at breakfast when i asked you to it wouldn't have happened i was away all the afternoon and of course catherine never sent for anything just sat and waited there's nothing in the house but some cans of mock turtle soup and tomatoes and one can of corned beef and a small one of plum pudding catherine is going to warm the beef in the tomatoes and make a sauce for the pudding i'd die before i'd apologize beforehand to these men they'd never forgive themselves for coming mr collander whistled 
good gracious and to think we've come from the waldorf astoria for this but i don't see yet how it happened he incautiously objected i should think you could have managed better in some way cynthia oh you do do you said mrs collander well i don't if you had the housekeeping to look after in a place like this chelsea where you never can get anything you want and there's not a shop in the place open after half-past six yes i know i know interposed mr collander hastily dodging the subject with the ease of long practice but couldn't you knock up an omelette or a welsh rarebit or some sort of side dish couldn't you borrow something mrs collander shook her head tragically nelly went to the appletons and the warrings to see if she couldn't get some eggs but they had only one left at each place it's no use chauncey we've got to do the best we can i've put on my prettiest gown and did you bring the wine yes and it's good said mr callender with returning cheerfulness he was glad now that he had paid a price for it that was too large ever to be divulged to his wife and the flowers what flowers the flowers you said you were going to bring me my dear girl i never thought of them from that moment to this then we have nothing for the centre of the table but that old crumpled up fernery she paused tragically not even fruit there's another plank gone never mind you're the whole platform said her husband with jollity you always manage some way i have to she pleaded looking at herself approvingly in the glass the jetted black dress set off her white neck and arms very well she never considered herself pretty but she had an infectious smile brilliant teeth and those very light gray eyes that looked black under excitement she cast a provocative glance at her husband with mock coquetry and then deftly avoided his outstretched arm i've no time for you she said saucily but for goodness sake chauncey rise to the occasion all you can the two irreproachably attired men who made their entrance into the drawing-room looked at her in a manner which she certainly found encouraging she concluded that the chances were good for making them enjoy the dinner irrespective of its quality she was enjoying their unspoken admiration and the conversation also when mr warburton returned to the subject of their invitation it's so good of you to have us without any notice so uncommonly jolly for us we've been so tired of hotel cooking after the steamer yes chimed in the other it grew to be almost as tiresome to us as the beastly tin food we've lived on when we were in africa oh have you been in africa lately asked mrs callender with composure although she and her husband felt the piercing of a mortal dart and did not dare to look at each other yes kennard and i were on an exploring expedition last year 
accidentally it's quite a long tale but we lived on tin soups and meats and even plum pudding fancy it in the hot climate until even the smell of them sickened us we've not been able to touch a bit of tin food since canned things or tinned as you call them are very useful in emergencies said mr callender with idiotic solemnity you know you have to eat them sometimes when you can't help yourself you know oh yes in emergencies tin things are very useful if you like em mr kennard laughed heartily as if at some delicate joke ah yes yes if you like them if you like them warburton yes mind that yes excuse me for a moment said mrs callender with graceful deliberation sweeping slowly out of the room and soon as the door had closed behind her rushing into the kitchen wildly the fortunes of war were against her but win the victory she would there had to be some way out of this don't dish up a thing catherine she ordered breathlessly it's no use the gentlemen never eat anything canned i've got to think up something else daunted by the grim face of the insulted cook she turned appealingly to the waitress a young and venturesome person as woman to woman you must know of something i could do nelly the warnings ma'am you told me you'd been there and that everything they had was cooked for their own dinner the eyes of irish nelly sparkled that's just it ma'am mr waring's home late to-night and they're only just now sitting down to the soup i've seen it going in through the window if you she stopped tentatively well well say it sure they'd loaned you the whole dinner ma'am if you asked it the light of kindred inspiration kindled in mrs callender the neighborhood was practically a joint stock food company where maids might be seen flitting through the back yard at any hour of the day or evening with the spoils of the borrower but an entire dinner the magnificence of the scheme took mrs callender's breath away you'd give the lend of it yourself ma'am said nelly impartially mrs callender gasped and assented come she said and followed by the maid dashed out the kitchen door down the back piazza steps and then again up on the piazza of the adjoining house the people seated at the table in the dining-room looked up at the long window amused to see mrs callender gesticulating insanely at them from without don't help any more of that soup she called insistently don't help any more of it wait till i get in the window opened from the inside and she hurled herself into the room no no she answered the look on their horror-struck faces it is not poisoned i don't mean that it's all right but i want it myself i want your dinner or will you let me take it home with me my dear mrs callender expostulated mr waring in a quieting voice 
rising cautiously no i'm not crazy i mean just what i say my husband has brought home company and we had only a canned dinner and they can't eat it because they've been in africa and oh i can't explain and it's so important to treat them well and oh you dear thing for mrs waring had handed the soup to nelly and was already giving orders to her own maid don't say another word she commanded rapidly with a woman's perception grasping the situation send us over just what you have in exchange we have only a plain home dinner roast beef vegetables macaroni cottage pudding you can put the things in your oven again henry carry over this roast will you don't make any noise any of you i'll take the potatoes said mrs callender fervently but as she climbed her own piazza steps once more and saw the ghostly procession that came and went stealthily bearing dishes her knees suddenly bent under her and she leaned against one of the piazza posts too weak from laughter to move take care you'll drop that dish said mr waring interposing a dexterous arm while he endeavoured to balance the roast on the railing mrs callender don't sit down on the piazza get up you'll have me laughing too if you don't stop and i've got to take this in and go back for plates we have plates said mrs callender strangling oh mr waring we have plates we have something oh mr waring go and leave me go and leave me i'll never be able to stand up hello what's the matter mr callender with an excited whisper came peering out into the semi-darkness that back door keeps letting in an infernal draught what are earth are you and waring doing out here cynthia and you without a thing over your shoulders i call that mean having a good time out here by yourselves and leaving me inside to do all the entertaining don't you know that we're waiting for dinner and it's half past seven o'clock his ill-used expression was the last straw mr waring rocked and reeled with his platter while the roast performed an obligato movement oh moaned mrs callender as her husband finally assisted her to an erect position and offendedly took up the dish of potatoes don't say a word don't ask me a thing you'll never in this world know all i've gone through in the last hour you couldn't take it in but i've got the dinner your englishmen are provided for your future is assured and all that we have to do now is go in and eat and eat and eat End of chapter two recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c